This is Lakeisha Marie from Ford Communications and Wood and Water, based in Ghana, and you're watching World Music Views. Uh, what? World Music Views is a media entity. It's a trade publication that documents what's happening in music. Hi. Hi. So welcome to World Music Views. Thank you. So we're going to talk about your career, your life in music and how you help people to enter Africa. And then we're going to zero in on Chance the Rapper's Black Star Line event. So let's rewind to the beginning. How did you get to your present job? Okay. So I, um, it's been a long time coming. I actually first, first and foremost, hi everyone. I'm Lakeisha Marie, um, founder of Ford Communications and Wood and Water. Um, I'm based in Ghana, but of course, between the States and Ghana, I'm Jamaican, Jamaican-American, but I live in Ghana. So the way I got to Ghana, right, it all started really through education. I came here on an exchange program during my time at Spelman. So I went to Spelman for undergrad, but of course, you have to study abroad as an international studies major. So that that's essentially what brought me to Ghana. And I fell in love with it. It reminded me so much of Ochi, um, so much of the country. That's where my family is from. My land, big up Cyrus. Um, <laughs> it brings so many different parts of Ghana and Accra reminding me of back home. So I say that to say I, I fell in love with it. I was like, you know, I'm home. And of course, when you come to Accra, there's so much that you see here that the media doesn't necessarily represent, especially back then when I was in school. So I grew this affinity for the place and essentially decided to come back. And I kept coming back and saw that there was a gap between the world and what's happening in Africa. And I always say at the middle of every problem and solution is communications. So this is what uh, inspired me to use comms, use PR to bridge that gap, connect the two um, spaces. So that's how I got here. That's the method to the madness. That's what's kept me here. Um, and it's it's going it's going well so far. You know, any place or any type of business that you start, it's never going to be easy. But um, it's an interesting time to be in Africa, and I foresaw it so it's nice to be in the middle of the unfolding of it all for some of the artists and brands that you've worked with yes so wow um i've really worked across industries but when it comes to entertainment now most recently we launched a wood and water festival which is a platform to support and create the future of Africa and the Caribbean's um, connection, you know. So Wood and Water, through Wood and Water, we worked with Stoneboy. Um, we worked with Stoneboy to essentially lead on one of the main conversations for our business brunch. And that conversation was stewarded in uh, by Evie Ani, renowned culture journalist based in New York City, Nigerian-American um, journalist. So there's Stoneboy, um, of course, Chance the Rapper through 
the recent um, Black Starline Festival, which was epic. It was amazing to, um, you know, to be a part of that team. Um, so that's most recent. Now, my work spans more so across the corporate, um, corporate uh, public sector. So my special projects is what brings me into the work with the artists. So the most recent ones are Stoneboy and uh, Chance the Rapper. Stoneboy made a comment recently that reggae is African, and he got a lot of flack for that. First of all, what's your take on reggae? Is it African? Is it Jamaican? As somebody who swings both ends of the pendulum. And what are your thoughts on what Stoneboy said? Yeah, so thank you for that question. You know, I know that it was controversial. Um, I think these conversations are good in terms of us understanding, um, understanding each other, how we see the culture, you know, music, Black music is a continuum, right? We know that a lot of it, well, a lot of it started in Africa and then it has um, developed and there have been innovations on it. But at the core, of course, everything starts in Africa. But the innovations of the sound, of course, some of it, i.e. reggae, happened in Jamaica. It happened in Jamaica. It was influenced by that continuum, right? But then now we have it where we're coming full circle. That sound now is also drawing um, inspiration from the African continent. And you can hear some Afro beats, Afro pop in, um, in dance hall these days, right? And it's almost becoming um, this convergence of, of, of a sound. Music, Black music is a continuum. It doesn't necessarily start one place and end one place. But in terms of reggae, reggae was um, developed and made in Jamaica, you know, in Jamaica with a bunch of different people. But the inspiration, the inspiration, the core of the inspiration definitely started in Africa. But what I want to talk about is, how, is that Africa-Jamaica connection, right? Yes. Afrobeat, Afrobeat is is shaping up and it, it's becoming a global music. Afrobeats, that is, and Afrofusion and Afropop. They're they're taking shape and the the entire music industry is paying attention. Burner Boy, Thames, Rima did the All-Star Weekend. As a Jamaican in Africa, seeing this at play. Do you where do you think the the gaps are for reggae dancehall that Africa and African artists are are rising to and filling that gap? Where what are they doing differently and what are they doing better? Why the world is paying attention to those new African artists from Nigeria, Ghana, etc. Def Jam just signed another Afropop act from from Ghana yesterday. So Def Jam Africa is expanding. The record labels are expanding in Africa. They're not expanding in Jamaica as much. They just signed like two persons. But Africa is filling that void. Where's that gap for you? Well, you know, it's not just me, but I'll speak 
as an observer and as a lover of music, as someone who grew up on dance hall, um, who understands both dance hall and Afrobeats intimately, I think everybody needs to really focus on their lane um, and not be comparative. And what I mean by that is, first of all, we set the trend, as in Jamaicans, we've done so well over the decades. We've really been in the hearts and minds of people um, across this world, indiscriminate of location, America, Asia, Africa, you know, it's been reggae and dance hall. Now, let's be honest, our music has evolved over some time. Dance hall, the sound, what um, has influenced our sound. Right now, in terms of dance hall, we're more on the trap side. We're influenced by trap, so our sound has changed. Has the world been connecting with that change? That's the question, right? So it's really about the music, the quality of music, the type of music, the um the lyrics is it inspiring what are we producing when i say we i'm talking about jamaicans i'm talking about the producers of dance hall what are we giving the world what are we putting out into the world and does it resonate you know there's something to be said about our traditional sound and how far it's gone in terms of you know our country is about 3 million is so small but our cultural impact is iconic and our music has gotten us that far and our sports culture has gotten us that far. Where are we in our production and the quality of the music that we're producing? It's not about what Afrobeast is doing. It's about what reggae and dance hall is doing and is not doing. Do you understand? So this is just a time. This is a, this is a conscious time, I think, for Black people in terms of connecting with who they are. Everybody wants to feel good. Everyone wants some type of a relief or reprieve from what's happening in the world. Dance Hall has been monumental for giving people that freedom in terms of our sound, the quality of production, how free we are with our fashion, the vibes. You know, where are we compared to where we've been over the um, 80s, 90s, early 2000s compared to now? I think um, all leaders and aspiring leaders in dance hall need to focus on the quality of the music that we're putting out and not worry, not think about, not compare themselves to Afrobeats or what's happening in Africa. If we focus on ourselves, we can be exactly where we need to be. So that's one thing, right? So there's the production of the, of the content, production of the music, but now what's also happening that I don't think we're accounting for is the fact that there's an entire business side to the to to entertainment, right? Entire business side. Who is representing us legally? Who is representing us in terms of A and R? Um, are we along the pipelines in the value chain in terms of music production and um, you know rights, copyrights, making sure our artists are represented and make and making sure they are getting the dues that they deserve. You know, we also have to be in the back, in on the back end in terms of business, making sure our artists are um, represented and that they're in the room on these tracks. But of course, in order to do that, the music has to be a, a quality, has to be on a quality level. Um, so there's a two-pronged approach that we need to be thinking about 
in terms of where dance hall is. I will never, as someone who lives in Ghana, and I'm Jamaican, of course, I'll never, um, you know, add uh, energy to the comparative spirit. We don't need that. Each genre is doing its thing. It's doing its thing. And then what I see with Afrobeats, I'm so grateful. Imagine coming here as a student, knowing that all this amazing music exists, but the world doesn't really know about it yet. I'm so happy to see where Afrobeats is coming. Just yesterday, Ashake, or two days ago, Ashake um, uh, performed on Jimmy Fallon. Amazing. You know, it's taken years uh, for this to happen, but what we need to see is that this is what's possible. And we need to almost be inspired by the fact that our time is still now, whether it's um, artists from Africa or artists from Jamaica. But Jamaica, for sure, and dance hall, we need to shape up and, and focus on ourselves and not compare too much with Afrobeats. That was a long answer, but <laughs> thorough. <laughs> you have a lot. You have a lot. To, to, oh, to, yeah. So I have a lot Africa, to say. Africa has a history of being colonized by capitalist interests, European interests, um, mm -hmm. American interests. And now the music is taking shape and, and a lot of American companies, Rock Nation is going into Africa. As I said, Def Jam going. Everyone wants a piece of the Africa intellectual property, not just music, but media. Nigeria was, was predicted by PricewaterhouseCoopers to be the next big entertainment hub in the world with Nollywood and, and all of them, right? Do you think it's a good thing that entertainers and media and artists are being exploited and, 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 and giving opportunities that wasn't in place years ago to come into, into American media, into American market. And that's part one. And how do you suggest artists retain ownership of their IP as they traverse the, the course of Western world? So that's a very dense question. So we're gonna break, we're gonna break this down. Let's go back to question one. Make it succinct for me. Come back to um, question, question one. one. Question one, is it a good thing for artists to be exploited now in Africa and given opportunities to come over? Given that Africa has a history of, of, of land exploitation. I get you. Okay, so exploitation, of course, is never good, right? But what we have in, what we have right now happening, you know, for example, Ghana is, I think, about seven, just a few years older than Jamaica. Um, Ghana got its independence, 57, and Jamaica, 62. Um, all colonized locations, I think, are in very similar situations where everyone's trying to build themselves up. They are, you know, in a IMF hangover you know, everyone has borrowed, structural loans has affected our economies in so many different ways. And then of course, there's a the creative economy that generally isn't touched by the governments. And I think that we've been able to see such democratization as in it's spreading wide and far. First of all, music does that, but we've been able to see the success and the soar of music because it has very little, let's say, government influence, right? But 
what I'm saying is there's the creative economy that is flourishing on its own, but it's all kind of backed and has the common denominator of everyone trying to develop themselves, trying to come up, trying to, um, you know, increase whether revenue or reach, right? So in terms of what everyone's trying to aspire to and what the world also is, is trying to aspire to, we kind of meet at this middle ground. And where we are, we have to be very responsible. We're in a place where there's a lot of opportunity because the world is almost, when I say the world, I guess I'm speaking of um, Western countries and businesses from the Western countries. You know, the Americas, the West, a lot of those industries are saturated. They're interested in new markets. This is almost where Africa comes in and fills a gap, right? So they want that. But then you have uh, the countries that are 60 something years old and their people who are maybe 30 something at this point, 30, 40 something, also looking for opportunity. We're really at a midpoint where uh, people from the continent have to be uh, responsible about how they go after their opportunities, how they represent themselves. So, so as much as we're using the word, word exploitation, it can be exploitation, but it's also an opportunity, but it's only an opportunity if you're responsible and don't allow yourself to be exploited, if that makes sense. So I think it's business as usual. Of course, the, the West, the capitalistic you know, nature of, of companies, they're going to look for the new thing. They're going to look for what can satisfy their customers, their consumers, but it's our job. And when I say our, I'm talking about Africa and I'm also talking about Jamaica and any country that has been colonized. It's our job to be responsible, make sure our, our IPs are protected, our partnership agreements are in place. All of these things have to be shaped up. I think um, just transitioning a bit here, I think sometimes when we're very hungry to do more, we can forget about those things. But we have to remember we're dealing with systems that are backed by legal that are backed by credit, that are backed by investors and systems, hundreds of years, right? So what are we going to do to make sure we're protecting ourselves? Um, so I don't necessarily see it as exploitation. I think once we understand kind of what we're working with, a capitalistic society or the drive venture capitalists, then it's our um, it's our responsibility to make sure we shape up and have those legal things in place in terms of IP, copyright, you know, publishing. Uh, artists have to make sure their legals are together. So it's not enough to just have a manager. You know, who's your who's your business? Who's the person working on your business as a brand? Who's the person um, handling all of your legals, making sure your publishing is done correctly, your distribution? You know, it's more than just the music. As I said, we have to meet it with business. So I see it as an opportunity just as long as we are prepared to be responsible over the gift that we're putting into the world. So let's talk about Chance the Rapper and, and brands entering Africa. Chance the Rapper is an independent artist, always celebrated as an independent artist, taking on a topic 
that black people neglected for years. Marcus Garvey, Black Star Liner. There, can you believe there's not a Marcus Garvey movie, right? And there's a Malcolm X movie. There's a there's a Martin Luther King movie. There's not a Ma Marcus Garvey movie of the same proportion. And chances is taking a chance with this festival named after Garvey's ship line. How did you get involved with this? And what do you think it's doing for music of black origin, Africa, Jamaica? He's coming to Jamaica, by the way. How do you think it's going to help? I know. <laughs> um, so honestly, working with Black Star Line, that was a matter of network and being recommended um, as people. OK, maybe people from outside don't know, but Accra is very small. Ghana is small. We all know each other. Um, and essentially, I was recommended and it was an amazing experience for me as a professional. Um, I worked with some amazing people on their team, you know, doing any type of business in Africa overall is never easy. Um, you know, so hats off to that team for even having the vision in the first place and the courage to want to do it. So working with Black Star Line was amazing. Now, him championing um, Black Star Line, and of course, us knowing that that comes from one of our fathers, um, Marcus Garvey, I think that is the, the apex, not the apex, but really the middle ground. That philosophy is the middle ground that's really going to really bring the diaspora together. I mean, as we know, Ghana's Black Star is influenced by Marcus Garvey. That's literally why there's a black star in the middle of Ghana's flag. It was influenced by Marcus Garvey. So I just see this as the new generation doing what new generations do, innovating on what already exists. You know, Marcus Garvey gave us almost Marcus Garvey uh, walked so that we can run. Right. So now it is up to us to use what we have at our fingertips to create and really create what we want to see. Um, Chance has done that and he connected with people who are in the market who are also already doing that. So it just made it even more powerful. Now, in terms of Black Star Line's philosophy, um, you know, it's only right that he brings it home to Jamaica and, you know, really activate there because that's where Marcus Garvey is from. But I really hope that it inspires people to not just be where they are, but also look across the diaspora and know that, you know, there's this philosophy that's connecting multiple places. Yes, we're Jamaican, but we come from somewhere. Yes, we're Jamaican, but there are other places in the world that we can activate. Yes, we're Jamaican and we're doing business in Jamaica, but it's not just about America. There's also opportunity in Africa. So I think the Black Star Line Festival is really on the forefront of um, pushing that narrative as well as outfits such as Wood and Water. You know, we're definitely highlighting the investment and trade opportunities between Jamaica and Ghana and the Caribbean and Africa as a whole. So we're kind of all in the same philosophy and really Marcus Garvey was the inspiration and we're just doing what we do in terms of innovating on the idea. Um, so that's really what I have to say. I have nothing negative to say. I had a great experience 
And um, we'll see what's next. Maybe you guys might see me in Jamaica again. Who are some of the acts that are going to be on the Jamaica show? So I can't speak on anything regarding Black Star Line Jamaica as it stands, but I promise if I'm able, if I'm able to, I'll definitely do that. Okay. Um, Burner Boy is taking the world by storm. He's doing it a little different. Um, he's, he's getting his certifications. He's selling albums. He's sampling big songs and, and, and making big hits. Wizkid is also doing the same. As you see these artists succeed, what recommendation would you give to, to up-and-coming acts who, who are seeing this success from, from artists from Africa who, who are also borrowing from Jamaica? What, what, are, what recommendation would you give to young acts in the vein of a burner boy who's making world music? Honestly speaking, I have two minds of this, right? So let me just say, first and foremost, taking it home in terms of Jamaica and dance hall, I think we definitely need to do a lot better with taking care of our artists taking care of our legends, taking care of the producers of that sound that has taken Jamaica into the world, you know? And when I say taking care of them, I'm talking about the legals. I'm talking about make, you know, can we open up conversations about who owns the masters to some of these legendary songs that these artists are um, sampling, you know, where's the legal protection around our copyright that has made us so popular? You know, we need to focus on that as a core, but then um, looking at the new school for up and coming artists to answer your question, um, definitely get your legals together, stay true to who you are. I really want us to take courage about owning who we are and not following behind anybody trust me, we set the trend. Like the world is waiting for Jamaica. I think the world is also hungry for some of the traditional sound that they know of dance hall. Because it has changed up, it's it's hard for people to connect with what is, um, what's being produced. It's not a bad thing, but it's just the reality, you know? So I'd say, you know, for us to stay true to who we are in terms of our music, and um, make sure your legals are together and think of yourself as a brand and a business. It's not enough to just go to somebody's studio and record and that's it. No, make sure your business affairs are in order. And I'd say to Jamaicans who are in the pipeline along the value chain of making sure opportunities um, or speaking the names of artists uh, in the rooms where there are opportunities, you know, our publicists, our A&Rs, our managers, we need to work a little bit more succinctly to, you know, bring our artists along the way. That's what I'm seeing. And then, of course, that's what I'm seeing with, uh, for example, in the Nigerian community. Let me tell you something. Nigerians don't play about themselves. They stick together. They stick together. And it's inspiring. I think this is something that we all need to be thinking about. And I'm hoping and working through Wood and Wata to almost have this knowledge sharing 
um, going on where we don't just pull up our own, but we also pull up our brothers and sisters, you know, like, yes, Nigerian artists, Afrobeats artists are doing well with transferring over to Western markets, but how can we also um, push some of that knowledge to our dance hall artists, our Caribbean artists? How can we show them the business ropes as well so that it's not, um, you know, an isolated experience? So that's what I would say to an up and coming artist. Thank you so much. This is World Music Views. You've been awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that work. Yep. Great work. Congrats. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah, man. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.